Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And here we are welcoming our audience to episode number, I think, 37 or 38. Who can keep up? Sure. Of Unscripted. Yeah. Who can, who can, and really, who cares? Uh, but it is a brand new, uh, hot, steaming, fresh episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is my good pal, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, I'd love to ask this question. How the hell are you today? You know what? I am fresh and back from vacation, so I'm doing really well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear you're fresh. Yeah. Um, I, I assume that means you, you've taken the necessary steps to cleanse yourself today, which I think makes us all feel a little more comfortable, quite frankly. <laughs> That's why it's radio, right? That uh, you don't have to worry about it, whether it I'm, I've showered or not. Right. And speaking of fresh, this weekend I made some fresh food in my kitchen because I love to cook. I think you know that. Yep. And I use some quality kitchen products from our good friends at Bay State. Awesome. Use some great measuring spoons. I use uh, I use a pizza cutter. I, I tell you what, there are no better products for promotional products sales than the kitchen products because they're kept. They're kept and they're used, and that brand lasts forever. So, many in our audience is looking to uh, maybe make some impact in the branding world with their clients. Kirby and I strongly suggest you use your portable Google machine immediately and go to baystate.com and check out those new kitchen products. Absolutely, my friend, I love it. Action. Absolutely. Hey, so uh, as always, thank you for the courage to do this podcast. Kirby, do you have any topics you want to start off with today or do you want me to go first? You go first today. All right. So there's been a couple branding fails recently that made me giggle. Okay. (laughs) So last week, uh, our 45th president, Donald J. Trump, announced a special green edition of the Make America Great Again hat. Um and trying to do a thrilling holiday update, looking to uh, you know capitalize on St. Patrick's Day. However, <laughs> however, on the back of the cap, they wanted to put a shamrock. Uh oh! But they put a four-leaf clover, which is a general symbol of luck. Whereas the three-leaf clover, the shamrock, is the traditional symbol of Ireland. So. Didn't work out really well for for Team Trump on that one, right? And and as a distributor of promotional products, Kirby, how do you and your team ensure that there's the proofing is there that you're not going to make a mistake like that? I always think that's a very critical component for any distributor in our industry, as, as well as suppliers. But as a distributor, that buck stops with you. Yeah. What steps do you take internally to control the quality of the merchandise that's going out the door? Yeah, no, it's it, – you know, I, I think that's a nightmare, right? Because again, obviously I can't imagine that that wasn't proof by a bunch of different eyes. And mm-hmm. you know, I, like I feel bad honestly for the distributor on that piece. I obviously have no idea who that was. But because again, the, I think that one of the things that you and I have actually talked about is – I require a proof on every order now um, that so that's a part of it. I look at every proof, but at the end of the day, you're human. 
Well, I'm human. human. I'm human, but more importantly, I expect my clients to know their brands as well or better than me. And so when they're like, I do lean on my clients to to help me make sure that their logo looks right. That's why we did the proof, right? And so right. it's that's one of those that it's really easy, I think, to sit afar and throw stones at. And whenever I see something like this, I'm just like, I feel bad for everybody involved because. You know, we've all been a part of a project that everybody's looked at five thousand times. You know, and and uh, you know, our flyer is a great example. We put out the flyer, and I'll be damned if like after each one, you're like immediately you open it and go, "Hey, there's a mistake." Exactly. <laughs> and and seven thousand people looked at it, so I just feel bad for those involved because that's a tough one, man. It, it is a tough one, pal. And uh, you, you know, the 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 difficult thing is we're in an industry where that stuff matters. Yeah. Right. And I, I always go back to the old Wheel of Fortune days when um, uh, Chuck Woolery was host. This is pre Pat Sajak. Wow. Folks. Okay. Yeah. Um, but back then they give you you win money on the wheel and then you go on a shopping spree. Do you remember those days, Kirby? I, I, you know what? You're a lot older than me, so no, I don't really remember that. You know what, Kirby? <laughs> I am showing you right now on radio that you're number one, although I'm not using the finger you'd like me to use. <laughs> um, but they go on a shopping spree. You know, I say once you buy a prize, it's yours to keep, meaning that if you didn't actually win the game, you'd keep all the merchandise you had purchased. And that's the way I look at it in our industry. Once you decorate something – Man, somebody's got to pay for that shit. So it's very – you have to be very, very careful with that. So I just kind of want to get your take on quality control in our industry, Dr. Hossman. So now I turn the microphone over to you. What's the topic for us? Okay, this one might be a little bit deeper. Um, And so last week, um, actually the day I got back into the office, um, I'm on my way into the office and I get a text from my wife saying that uh, my daughter's school is on lockdown. Whoa. Yeah. And there is um, – there were threats and so the school took pretty immediate action. They were turning away the elementary students for the most part um, because they're on the same campus. So they just sent kids home immediately, wouldn't let them in the door. And then my daughter who's in high school and, and the high school and the junior high are attached. Mm-hmm. And they're like – they um they they went on lockdown and mm-hmm. so everything the, the long and the short of it is everything was fine they, they a, a kid made threats they got a hold of the kid and i i think from the outside looking in i think they went through the protocol that they're supposed to do sure um that night uh, um the big complaint uh through social media and actually enough of a complaint that uh, one of the local news stations came down, which that takes an hour and a half away from them. So, right. yeah, so it, it's a big deal when the news station comes to Coshocton. But anyway, they came over and they interviewed some people and people were upset that the, um, that the school didn't call parents. And it, it's, it reminds me, it's, so the topic, I guess, is I feel like that's sort of lazy philosophy. That's sort of lazy, um, morality for lack of a better term. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, it's really easy, I think, to sit from afar and say, hey, the school should have done a better job of contacting us. And I think that's the kind of thing that is easy to sit, spread, uh, comment about, bitch about on social media. When in reality, 
when you think through the process in any amount of time, I mean, like for three seconds, you realize that contacting parents is on the list, you know, it's on the list of priorities, right? It's, but it's not even close to number one. No, right? number it's, one would be child safety, right? I would think or hope. Yeah, right. Lock the doors, get the kid, you know, um, do all that stuff. And, and I think that we as a culture do that. We, we take lazy things that sound like they're good if you don't think them through and then people spread them. And I see that in business and I see that in life. And I was just curious to see your take on it. I uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's part of the social media culture, right? Because now here's the thing. I can get a Facebook account for free. It doesn't cost me anything. I mean, they'll, they'll take some data and stuff, but actual money out of my pocket doesn't cost me anything. Same thing with Twitter, same thing with Instagram, same thing with, with any sort of social media platform. So the good news is it gives everybody a voice. <laughs> the bad news is it gives everybody a voice. Yeah, for sure. And and the other the worst news is it gives everybody a voice with relative anonymity. So people say shit on social media without thinking that they would never say to someone in person. Right. So it, it like you said it's real easy to complain and moan and say they should have done it this way. Right. Uh, um I I um I used to, a long time ago, had a, uh, I went to a counselor. I'll be honest. This is an honest show, right? So I've been to therapy. I like therapy. I've been to it. You know, I went Mm -hmm. through some tough times earlier in life and I loved her. She had a great quote. And it was because I would say, well, this person should do this and this person should do that. And her saying that was, um, don't should on people. (laughs) I like that. And I like that a lot. So, When you're thinking, well, should somebody do something a certain way? What right do you really have to to make that call? Yeah. And we had a similar situation. Um, It was, gosh, it was I think two weeks ago, or yeah, but two weeks ago we had uh, I was traveling. We had uh, tornadoes here in Tennessee, and and one touched down in uh, not three miles from my house. Mm -hmm. I mean, it touched down, ripped up a bank, and you don't get a lot of hardcore tornadoes here in Tennessee. Yeah. Well. It was early. It was in the morning, and there were kids on school buses. Oh man! At the time, but you know, and so social media went up like flame. And well, the, the school should have postponed opening, and they should have let kids stay home and all that. Well, the thing is, because of the way the buses run, they really couldn't stop the buses from running once they knew that the storm track was taking a little bit of a left turn, and it was going to possibly impact. Where, where kids were at. So, you know, they, they, again, community, they should do this, they should do that. And the school superintendent came out and said, hey, here's why we did what we did. Here's the reason we did what we did. Safety's number one. And did we screw up? Yeah, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. But but you can't unring that bell sometimes. And so the, the most important thing to do is get kids safe at school. So, you know, you, you give everybody a voice and unfortunately they're going to use it. Um, yeah. And then and then even worse, someone will take what some some guy said as gospel. Well, yeah. he must know what he's talking about. So, yeah, no, I totally get it. Well, we definitely we definitely see that right where people will, yeah. someone will post a meme of some sort and then people spread it. And you're like, um, that's patently untrue. <laughs> and so, right. you know, it's, it's, so, so those lazy ethics or lazy morality, um, of like, Hey, it's easy to say, but when you think through the process, there's, there's many of those. And I'd be, you know, I'd, that's one of those that those, those drive me crazy well, because the moment you of, think through the process, you're like, Oh, well that doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's, it's kind, kind of the dumbing down of America <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, right? We don't want to think 
I just want to react. I just want to say what that guy said a little bit differently. Yeah. And man, look how awesome I am. I am so kick ass. It's kind of, we don't want to think anymore. We don't want to take that time to think. It's why, you know, and you know me and we're going off on a tangent, but you know what? That's what we do. I don't care. That's what we do. Um, People don't think anymore because we always have headphones in our ears. We always have some sort of stimulus right. in, our, in our face. You know, there's a reason that people come up with the best ideas either in the shower or right as they're falling asleep because there's no input and your mind can go places. So, folks, give it some more thought before you just react to shit on social media, positively or negatively. Yeah, you want to hear – real quickly, you want to you hear another one that drives me crazy that's lazy? I do. Because it's, it's easy to say and then you think that – so – the uh, government should be run like a business. That's very uh, easy, to, easy say, to say. But once yep. you really think about it, it, the government is designed not to be run like a business. No. <laughs> and and that will get people fired yeah. up. But the reality is government should be run more efficiently, more like a business maybe, but it's not. And, and it's one of those things. It's lazy to say it. Well, and, and the, that laziness leads to very black and very white right. opinions. Right. It's exactly. not. It's not. Hey, certain aspects of government should be run in a much more business-like oh, manner, sure. right? We yeah. all no one would disagree with that. Yeah. No one would disagree with that at all. Yeah. But you say government's got to be run like a business. Okay, so that means uh, citizens are your employees, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you're going to fire the ones that are ineffectual. That, okay, how does that work? Well, and you can't just get rid of services like you do no. with a business. And, and more than anything, the, the example I always use is what's the first thing you do when when like sales are down and you need like, – like the times are tight in a business? People always say, well, you, you, you make cuts. No, that's right. not the first thing you do. The first thing you do is try and increase revenue. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, do that yep. as a government. How's that going? Yep. You know what I mean? Like it, it, once you start thinking through the actual logistics of it, it the, it just doesn't hold water. No, no one thinks of the domino effect. That if you do one thing, especially in a large entity like a government or a large business, you you make one change, you have to look at the that the what's the law of unintended consequences. Who does it impact directly? That you know it's going to impact, and who. And, and what organizations does it impact indirectly that you can't foresee or or you don't think about foreseeing? So, well, cool, man. I think we've beaten that dead horse. So, what, what wow, you got we sure did. <laughs> All right, so back, let's go back to the promo world where it's safe and warm and cozy. Um, so, I want to ask you, Kirby, with your business. So, the proliferation of Amazon ha- has definitely impacted our culture. It's impacted the way we we view things. It's impacted the way we purchase things, and it's more importantly, I think, or most importantly, impacted our expectations on delivery. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I don't. I, I order a pair of shoes or something or a watch from Amazon. I, I get it in two days. Right. And and even now that seems like God, I gotta wait two days. I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to think that way. Yeah. So how has that, you know, in, in an industry where. Five-day turnaround is pretty quick. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's fairly quick in our industry. How has that Amazon effect impacted your business in the way clients expect you to deliver goods and services? Oh, I think there's no question, right? There's no question it's affected our business probably more, more, you know, like it has – Everybody who is in the world of a distributorship is that people do want them faster. I think most of your your higher level clients understand that the difference with most of what's going on on Amazon 
is that mm-hmm. it, it's um, decorated, is that it's special, but they still want it faster. I think it has also affected certainly the idea that that, uh, that folks can not only that, that there's more than one provider. You and I have talked right. about that before. Is it not right. only is it about delivery, but it's about you know price. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those frustrating things that we talk about all the time. I think sometimes as a business person, we struggle with these changes, but as a consumer, we love them. So I, you know, I think that we've talked about it before. I think we got to work continuously to not only add value, but just to be in the places where the clients are when they're making those decisions. Okay. But let me, let me challenge you. Add value of what? Right, so it's easy for, and I my blog this no, week was great. about this. Yeah, adding value that sounds awesome. Right, what the hell do you mean by it? No, it's a super great question. So for for us, I think that one of the things that we've tried to do is to um, position ourselves much more as a marketing company. And the best way for us to add value is to be on the front end of the conversation. If we're at the end of the conversation, and we, we've actually run into this a lot here lately. When we're at the end of the conversation, we can get beat pretty easily. Right. Um, and by being on the front end of the conversation, it's where we're going to somebody and saying, here's the entire campaign we're going to build, and here's the budget in which we're going to do it. Now, we're unique in the sense, I think, that, that we do video and we do some other services. That's one, that's one of the ways that we add value. But I think any uh, distributor can add value in that way if they're, they're at the front end. So in other words, they're going to them and going, look – you're going to a trade show. Here's the entire campaign of the trade show. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't doing that. Most people in our industry. Right. And so that's a really simplistic way, but I think that's one way. Okay. No, I think that's a, that's a great answer. And so I think as uh, so, you know, our, our B2C relationships are shifting, yeah. like with Amazon or with Apple iTunes or you know, all the uh, the box-based services, the, you know, the food-based box services, the clothing-based box services, we in the promotional products industry really need to think on that and ensure we're reducing that friction too. Well, and, and, and back to the point, and I think you and I have talked about this in the mind of the customer, right? So one of the things that – like I was having a conversation with somebody who's on the supplier side uh, last week and that was the pushback I get. I said – you know, customers expect this, 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 and this, right? They, they expect if I order two shoes, I'm getting two shoes, not not three shoes, and I'm being charged right. for three. So we talked about it last week, right? In our and, show. Yeah. and he's and, and this person said, "Look, those aren't customized, right? Like right. those are direct." And the pushback that, candidly, I didn't think of at the time, but you know, with the new book, right, mm-hmm. uh, delivering marketing joy that I that I just released, create right. space is who I published that through. And when I order books through them, they're completely customized, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And they ship them out in like a day or two, depending, you know, there's, there's a price structure for that. And I get exactly the number of books I ordered. And so I, you know, I think that it is setting an expectation in the mind of our customer that we need as an industry to start living up to. I agree. Awesome. All right. You got another one for us? Yeah. So I'm trying to look at the time. I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, I noticed it pretty quickly because I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um, what? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn has changed up its desktop uh, kind of layout, um, and it's it's. Um, what was interesting is I almost immediately was like, "Oh, hey, they, they're actually mirroring the mobile app now." Um, mm-hmm. A, I guess I didn't know if you noticed that, um, and. It, if you did, if you liked it, because you and I have talked about which one, you know, which one of our 
uh, of the social media platforms is our favorite. And LinkedIn at one point, I think you had said, was kind of clunky. And so they made through a change. I didn't know if you'd noticed it. I did notice it. Um, I think it's for the better. Uh, you know, it's still a clunky interface. I mean, it's still, to me, um, I still think it's trying to figure out really what it is right. and who it's for. Um, I mean, we all call it Facebook for business, but damn it, if it doesn't look more and more like Facebook every given day. So um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just an is. Um, I still find LinkedIn a little clunky, right. um, uh, but I think it's, you know, Everybody's trying to find their voice in the social media world in terms yeah. of the providers. I think LinkedIn's great for a lot of things. It's great for um, you know, kind of an online resume and things like that. I don't think it's great for sharing um, articles and stuff, although I think that has gotten much better, the sharing aspect of it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've actually noticed an uptick on engagement on LinkedIn. And I don't know if it's because of the new platform and the way it's showing up or if people in my network are just engaging more. But I feel like there is I'm, – I'm seeing more engagement on that platform than I have in the past, which is, I think, good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I got, a quick, I got a quick one. All right, cool. Because um, I don't run out of time. Yep. So today, when everybody's listening to this, is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I think the promotional world really wants to know your thoughts on the Shamrock Shake from McDonald's. <laughs> um, I think it's super gross. So really, yeah, wow, that's a that's a very bold claim. Yeah, Kirby. I am not like I think that McDonald's does a better does thing does the idea of scarcity better than almost anybody in the world. The the story behind yeah. McRib, the McRib, yeah, yes. right, is a fan, fascinating story about that where it didn't go over that well, and then they were like, "Oh, it's only coming out for a special time," and now everybody loves the McRib. I think yeah. it's still pus. Um, but, not everybody. Yeah. I don't love the McRib. Yeah. But you know who does love the McRib? I believe Danny Rosen has professed his love for the McRib sandwich. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. But they're genius at uh, McDonald's about creating scarcity. So yep. I think that the, the Shamrock Shake is a great example of that because I think – now, keep in mind I'm not a sweets eater. So you know, I'm not the best person to ask. But I think it's – I think I'd be curious to hear what the audience thinks of the Shamrock Shake because I'm I'm not the best person. I have a feeling our audience is far more concerned. And let's okay, you know what? Actually, here's exactly what I think our audience is concerned with. So, forget about the Shamrock Shake, Kirby. It's it's St. Patrick's Shake. What about green beer? Yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of all beer. So yeah, no problem there. And throwing a little green into it, I think, is a wonderful, wonderful way to affect your urine the next day. So I good. think it's an absolutely horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> um, absolutely disgusting. I don't like the thought of it. It's you know we we eat and and drink with our eyes first, and I look at a green beverage and I don't expect it to taste like you know well it's usually Bud Light what they usually yeah. so it's ba- it's barely beer as it is. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So promo folks. Thoughts on green colored beverages, whether it's the Shamrock Shake or Bud Light for for um, St. Patrick's Day. I love it. I love it, man. Well, hey, this was fun. It was fun, and you know where you can get a lot of those um, beverages is in your kitchen. Yeah. And true. Do you know, Kirby, that that's where the vast majority of promotional products are are kept? Is that right? I bet you knew that. And there's no better provider of kitchen products, utensils in the promotional world than the good people at Bay State. So you want to make a splash with your client, please contact the good people at Bay State. Let them know what you want, and they're going to hook you right up. 
Well, thanks, brother. Good job today. Always enjoy it, my friend. Happy thank or I say happy Thanksgiving. I guess I'm in the wrong month. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. <laughs> See you, man. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Phil Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals.